it's Liren Baker and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today we're chatting with Icicle Sanford, the founder of Foolproof Living, where she shares tried and true recipes without the use of refined sugars. Ice is currently based in Atlanta, but was born and raised in Turkey and had a previous career in the hotel industry, which has led her to live in some beautiful parts of the world. I am so honored to call Ice a good friend and to welcome her to the podcast. Hi, Ice. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's always so good to talk to you. For people who don't know at home, you and I talk on a regular basis. I consider you one of my best blogging besties, I guess you could call Thank it. Um, and we talk a lot about all the nitty gritty back end business stuff. Um, but today I kind of wanted to dive deeper into you and your background and not so much the business end of things, although that's just as interesting, but I think it would be nice to to get to know you a little bit better. But I always start by asking, what was the first thing that you ever cooked and about how old were you? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, the first thing I cooked, or if it's considered cooking, uh, I made a big salad. Uh, my mom and I uh, would cook all the time growing up. And I like my earliest memories are all about, um, you know, the simple dishes that I help my mom in the kitchen. So it will be probably a tomato and like a, a simple tomato salad with lots of uh, parsley and onions and herbs, other herbs. Mm, super fresh, super seasonal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and Maybe let's get started with, you know, how your career was before you started with food, because food wasn't your first career. No, no. Uh, so I went to school in Turkey in uh, like graduated a college uh, in Ankara, the capital city of Turkey. Um, and I thought I was going to be a hotelier. Um, I wanted I always wanted to come to the U.S. and, you know, see what it is about because I was watching all those movies and wanted to kind of check it out. Uh, then I came here with a kind of like a student visa. It's called J-1 visa and uh, started working at hotels uh, prior to the whole blogging thing for 12 plus years. I worked in hotels and several roles um you know that classic you know growth thing you start from the bottom and you work your way up and before i left the hotel business i was a department head at a hotel at a luxury hotel it was always in luxury properties um and uh, you know i thought that i was going to be a hotel general manager which was kind of like the, the direction that i was going uh for but uh, i met my husband uh in my like last hotel who is a hotel manager and he's is still continuing his career in the hotel industry and uh we fell in love he was my boss uh we didn't uh -oh. have i didn't know this <laughs> yeah dwight uh was my boss and um we really liked each other we didn't really date that much because obviously it wouldn't be right for you to date your boss but he left for another project and that's kind of when we started like wait a minute i miss you and he's like i miss you too so Long story short, we got married and his career uh, took us to the British Virgin Islands where we were supposed to live for two years, but it ended up being a four-year project. And uh, when I went in there initially, I was told that I can find a job and work there. But uh, if you've ever visited any of those small Caribbean islands, you'll know that they don't really have opportunities that much. 
uh, because it's they're very small and they're very limited resources in terms of jobs or anything else, literally. Um, and I quickly realized that there is no way that I could get a job. And even if there's a job that will give it to them, getting a visa is very difficult. So um, I tried to kind of do my own thing uh, throughout. Like in, initially, I was going to kind of look for something else outside, but we were newly married. And I was talking to my mom one day um, and she said, you shouldn't leave your husband. You're a married woman now. You should be with your husband. Uh very long story short, she passed away after that conversation and I wanted to, you know, listen to her and I needed to do something. And I was watching, I was um, reading a lot of food blogs. I always loved cooking. We always uh, cooked with my mom and I wanted to kind of continue her, you know, legacy. And um, I was sharing her recipes on Facebook a lot of like every time I make something that that's kind of like the grief process. The only way I felt like I'm close to her was if I shared one of or made one of her recipes. So I kept posting them on Facebook and a lot of people were like asking like, well, how do you make that? You know, can you send me the recipe? And she died very suddenly. So we didn't have a chance to get those kinds of, uh, you know, like the recipes. Then, uh, then it's, it all started as a place to share my mom's recipes, like a, a Turkish girl living in the Caribbean, mourning her mom. And, you know, like everybody thinks like living in the Caribbean is amazing. And it is. But after six months, those beaches are lonely more so than like, you know, more lonely than beautiful. Like it just gets like, OK, we need a little bit more action. Um, so I started Foolproof Living. I had no idea how to do photography no idea how to write recipes, no idea how to do WordPress or, you know, hosts and all of those. But thanks to YouTube and many other sources that are now so easily and readily available, um, I learned. And that two-year project ended up being four years. And uh, after that four years, we came back to the U.S. And that's when the whole influencership thing was starting. And, like, Instagram was becoming a thing. And I was like, okay... Am I going to be a, go back to my hotel career or am I going to turn this into something more serious business kind? And in 2017, after my husband got a job in full places, Vermont, uh, a small, small property in southern Vermont, again, like like the British Virgin Islands, like in the middle of not nowhere kind of thing, though it's not as much, but still a very remote location. I was like, OK, I can go work in a big city like Boston or New York City and be away from my husband, or I can continue with this and turn this into something. So with that mind switch, I started thinking of it, okay, this is a career, I'm going to do this. And here I am, eight years into vlogging, I am uh, a full-time vlogger. <laughs> it's all about pivoting and finding the flexibility to, you know, to create a passion project into a career. And I think so many of us um, identify with that. I know for me, that was kind of a similar, similar path. And, um, I love that it started with sharing your mom's recipes. Can you tell us a little bit more about why, why you're not using refined sugar in your recipes? Um, so, okay. I know you lost your mother as well at a very young age. I love my mom. She's my best friend, but we used to fight a lot. 
And because that she had diabetes and she could not say no to sugar Mm -hmm. and sweets and, you know, like she loved eating, you know, a whole big plate of baklava or, you know, something so sweet. That was how we identified, like that was joy for her. And looking back now, I wish I didn't fight with her, fought with her as much as I did, but um, the reason why she passed away so suddenly was due to the complications of, uh, you know, diabetes. And after you lose someone you love so much, so quickly and so unexpectedly, you kind of, I was so angry for a very long time with this whole sugar thing. And I, in my mind, I equated her passing with sugars and I wanted to, I, I I was just like, okay, no more sugars. I don't want any sugar. Like it, I went through a very stupid but sad uh, time in my life where I was like, okay, you know, just need to figure out a way to, you know, live a life without eating a lot of sugars. Um, and I think then like right around that time, I read a book called Eat to Live by um, Joel Furman, Dr. Joel Furman. He's he makes quick appearances uh, on Dr. Oz and other places like that. Um, And that book really changed my life in that, um, you know, you can eat sugars and, you know, be okay. And I don't have diabetes, knock on wood, and I am healthy. But um, after, you know, after the grief was somewhat over and I came out of this in a different place, I said, why not continue with this and um, carve out myself a niche in this area where um, I create recipes that are made with only like maple syrup, honey, and fruit sugars or unsulfured dried fruits. And um, I feel like I've, I've been doing that since 2016, blogging since 2013. Between 2013 and 16, I shared sugary recipes but since then I've been very careful with it and what I see now what five years into it a lot of moms like those recipes because they want to um you know not feed their kids with a lot of sugar uh and I try to keep the sugar to a minimum so long answer to your question is it started as a very personal search or trying to get rid of that or tame that pain to now I'm really proud to be a source for people who are looking for those minimally sweetened um, recipes. Well, I know I should cook with less sugar too. (laughs) I think that's something many of us aspire to. So I think it's wonderful that you're providing this resource and it still looks beautiful. It tastes delicious. You're right. It doesn't, you know, there are other ways to, to make these sweets that, you know, that we all crave and still feel satisfied. What are some flavors from home, from Turkey, that you miss? Mm. Well, I think I'm lucky that I have all the resources that I need. Living here in the U.S., we have everything that we need. And um, I think with uh, internet and globalization, now everybody has access to pretty much everything and Amazon also. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think... There are things that I miss a lot. I think one thing that identifies me, you know, like my like go-to thing is yogurt, uh, but not the sweetened kind, the plain yogurt. Mm-hmm. And when I went to the U.S. in 2013, uh, 2003, two, two and three, 
I, I could not find plain yogurt in the supermarkets at the time. And back home, we always put yogurt in everything, like literally everything. And people would make fun of me because I'm putting yogurt, yogurt like American, my American, new American friends would make fun of me. Now there's a whole aisle of yogurt. Yeah. So, um, but I think some of the things that I'm missing are like those complicated recipes. You're like certain kebabs and, you know, like very um, uh, culture or certain city-based kebabs. And uh, and also I miss the seafood a lot. I think the ocean seafood that you can find here in the U.S. is different than the smaller seas, your Mediterranean Asian or Black Sea fish okay. are different. Um, and some of those tastes are not really replicatable, but, um, but there's some other ones, you know, we don't really have good lobster in Turkey and lobster <laughs> is amazing. So, you know, I try not to dwell on that so much, but I think seafood and yogurt flavors are those two that I miss the most. Yeah. I, I can totally understand the whole yogurt conundrum. Like even just uh, France, I just remember like my last trip there, you go to the grocery and it's several aisles of yogurt, whereas here in the U.S., it's just this small abbreviated part of the dairy section. But it, it is nice now that we have so many different kinds of yogurt, which probably makes it a lot easier for, sure. for you. Could we talk a little bit about simit? Am I saying it right? Yes, you are. <laughs> so simit is the uh, traditional uh, breakfast ball. I'm sure if somebody Turkish listening to us, they're going to be saying like, no, it's not. But <laughs> here's the traditional breakfast bread. Um, it's like bagel, but it's thinner and it's more crusty and uh, covered with sesame seeds. Uh, I think sesame seeds and tahini are two very Middle Eastern ingredients and definitely Turkish as well. Uh, we use tahini a lot. You know, I always have tahini in my fridge and I like yogurt I put it in everything if <laughs> anyway. um, but simit is very uh it's like the street food also and that's what you eat in the morning um like if you're in Turkey and like going to work you'll see people selling cement on their heads on a kind of like a wood little platform where they put the cement like stack it up and carry it on their heads and it will be like I don't know not, not even a uh 25 cents, not even. Oh. Um, you would just get Turkish tea and simit. That would be your breakfast. If you're lucky, you can find feta cheese and olives and tomatoes to kind of, you know, turn it into a really good breakfast. Uh, that's what I grew up eating. I make it at home now, but I can't stop eating. That's the problem. And <laughs> I look good on my thighs. So I make it rarely, but there's definitely a recipe on the blog. And it's like my favorite thing. One of my favorite recipes on the blog. That's one of my bucket list things to make when I have time, when I find time. <clears throat> I'm trying to picture the vendors on the street carrying it on their heads is it in a basket are they on dowels because there's a hole in the center like a bagel well th yes they they do that now all kinds of varieties and some do have it in baskets but usually it's like a I don't know if this is the right way of saying but like a tray kind of thing but it's wood okay and they would like they would line it almost like a circular and then on top of each like on top uh and you know when you want to get a simit he would just like lift it up and bring it down and have you pick one and then put it back on and you'll see kids you know like I don't know 10 15 I don't know maybe not 10 but maybe like 15 16 year old you know 
young adults selling it. Um, they go to the bakery in the morning and uh, just grab the cement and they make very little money and they're just so cute. And, you know, that's kind of like how, how it is back home. If you go to like a, a fancy bakery, you can get a better one, uh, which is the kind that I have on my blog, because honestly, I don't know how to make the other, the, the street kind of version, which mm -hmm. is a little more chewy. But regardless of where you get it, if you're new to it, I guarantee you will love it. It's so delicious. If you like bagels, you will like cement. Well, I'm a huge bagel fan. And I do remember tasting cement when I visited Istanbul once. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of the few. Th the other thing I remember distinctly was Turkish coffee, which mm. made quite an impression. <laughs> yeah. um, so are there any tips that you recommend for someone who might be just starting out cooking Turkish food at home, what would you, what would you say to them? Hmm. What would I say to them? I think, well, first of all, there's so many resources. I would start with the basics, you know, the basic recipes that are, um, that will complement a lot of dishes. Um, I'll tell you a few from my blog that are, I think one popular and two will get, get you to a good start. Um, the Greek yogurt sauce that I put in pretty much everything um, is, is, is already a post that does very well. It's basically lemon juice, olive oil, added into uh, yogurt and some garlic, salt and pepper, give it a mix, put it on anything, put it on pasta, put it on meat, you can put mm. it on anything. Um, then if you want to learn Turkish coffee, I have a whole recipe about Turkish coffee. I, I published that recipe like right after my mom's passing because my mom was a huge Turkish coffee person. Um, and I've gotten a lot of questions. I made sure to answer all those questions in a video. If you're like wanting to know the history behind it, even I talk about the fortune telling because a lot of people ask about the fortune telling. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if you're looking for the basics other than that, I think there's some people that you can follow, especially on YouTube. There's so many people and even like some English speaking ones. Um, but like it, it is with any other recipe, just start with a, a, any other culture or food from that one um, country. Start with the basics, you know, like for me, like for Filip Filipino food, I come to your blog and look at things there. And some of the ingredients are so new to me. Uh, what was the purple uh, potato that you were, you had a recipe Oh, for ube, which is ube, the... Ube. Yeah. yeah. I learned that in your blog. So I, <laughs> someone, I follow someone and, you know, start from somewhere, some like one of those bloggers and kind of try some of the recipe. Now, we all have our categories structured in a way that you can easily find recipes. And I have a Turkish food section, which you can uh, go and uh, try some of those recipes. And if you have any questions, let me know I'm right here. Perfect. We'll be adding, we'll be adding links so that people can easily find you. Um, but what is the one dish that you make when you miss home? When I say home, I mean, when you miss Turkey. I, I make, uh, th there's this red lentil soup, which is a very popular Turkish soup. Uh, that's what I make usually. Uh, it's, it's in itself, it's a vegan soup, but you can make it with chicken stock or vegetable stock. Uh, if you want to add that, like, chicken flavor um it's basically red lentils mixed with potatoes and um onion and carrot and you know just whatever liquid you're using salt and pepper give it a you know give it a boil and use an immersion blender and that's like an amazing uh soup 
uh, that is so easy to make. Like there is really not much to it. Um, and when I miss home, that's what I make. And if I'm, if I have time, I will also make simit. Um, <laughs> usually my go-to is that lentil soup. Oh, that sounds so good. I love lentils. I feel like they deserve more love. I think it's starting to have its heyday now here stateside, I but I, it's so delicious and it's so filling and you feel so satisfied after eating it. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot of protein in it too, a plant protein. So it's overall wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I know we've been focusing a lot on Turkish food, but your site has so many other recipes, but I couldn't help but talk to you more about it because I feel like we don't get a chance to chat about it. And I'm curious too, because your dad is with you right now um, and spending some time with you. Has your cooking changed with, with him in the house? So my dad is a health nut. When really? I you, he lives, he's a doctor, dentist, and he is very interested in healthy living. Uh, for the last two years, he's doing the intermittent fasting and he lost, I want to say maybe 20, 25 pounds. Wow. And yeah. So like his big thing is he does not want to have a belly. Uh, and he like got rid of all the belly that he had. So living with my dad, I need to keep things very healthy and our healthy means uh, eating the same time every day, which is 10 o'clock breakfast and dinner before 6 p.m. Like the food eating has to be done by 6 p.m. Um, and I like to mix it up, maybe like do three meat days and four vegetarian days kind of thing. And meat is always a side thing and vegetables and salads are the big piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I He really likes quinoa and quinoa is not something that we had back home growing up. So I do a lot of quinoa recipes, quinoa salads, you know, basically just cook a bunch of like a, a, a small amount of quinoa and add it in everything just to add that protein yeah. protein um but living with my dad like i'm very careful with what goes in my back uh, in my uh stomach and we he explains to me like if you do this too much this will happen and you know so living with him i'm much a better eater and you can see like i i feel the weight coming off because we're not eating in between those two meals and after so um, it's been really good in that sense, but, um, but we do eat ice cream. Like he, he likes ice cream. So we eat ice cream. It's not like we're eating amazing. Like we do now that it's nice and warm outside, we do grill a lot of, uh, meat. And right now I'm learning how to smoke a salmon, which has mm. been very successful, but I'm learning. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we do. Um, but when Dwight comes home, it's a different story. That's when, uh, that's when I bake the cakes, cookies, and I have a cookie jar filled with stuff. That's a whole different story. <laughs> I love it. Totally time to spoil your hubby. But what an unex- I did not expect that, to, you know, about your dad. That's very, very oh interesting. God. Oh, my God. He lives and breeds healthy eating. Good. It's really funny because he's 73. You know, we're Turkish. We knock on wood for everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's 73, and he's... He's taken only one medication just for his blood pressure, just to be on the safe side, but he doesn't take any other. Um, now I'm trying to get him to meditate, but he doesn't He doesn't get the meditation piece. He thinks it's too woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but he's just really interested in eating healthy. So 
Uh, we now his thing is that he follows these uh, certain doctors on YouTube, and like one of the things that he talk they they talk about like change up your breakfast. Don't eat just eggs. Don't eat just oatmeal. Eat some like maybe vegetables, uh, steamed vegetables. So now we're like changing it. One day this, one day do that, and and he does cook himself too. So it's wonderful. <laughs> Oh, he sounds like the cutest person. He really is. <laughs> well, we're coming close to the end, but I have a few more questions before I let you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is something that you make when you're too tired to cook? So your go-to emergency meal. It is a salad, a big green salad. Whatever vegetables I have, I either roast them or steam them. And I have this lemon vinaigrette that I always have in my fridge. I make it on Sunday just drizzle with lemon gra- uh, lemon vinaigrette and put a dollop, like a big scoop of uh, plain yogurt on top. That's dinner for us. <laughs> that sounds so good. Um, very fresh, especially in the summer. Mm-hmm. What's the one recipe that you treasure the most? Hmm. The recipe that I treasure the most is probably like my mom's lentil soup. Uh, French lentils or green lentil soup. Mm. That's like a, f- a great recipe that you can put together in 30 minutes. And um, if you use, especially if you can get a hold of Dupuy lentils, um, yeah. put a little pasta in there. And it's like this really feeling good um, dinner that anyone can make. It's easy. And I think everybody likes that dish. Yeah. I love soup. So that's my, I love when I hear people say soup. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Are you a messy cook or a neat cook? Oh, messy. messy. Oh, really? I'm so surprised. I am so messy. I'm so not organized. Everybody thinks I'm like super organized because I'm, you know, type A, but uh, when it comes to like cooking in the kitchen, I create this giant <laughs> mess, but it like really like, I have this thing, like it's inspiration, right? You have to feel inspired to create these flavors and tastes and all of that. Like if I stop for, you know, they, they say like clean as you go, clean as you go. Like if I stop to clean as I go, I feel like I'm going to lose on the inspiration that comes with like that cooking process. So very messy. I leave it up to the last minute and Thankfully, I have everything in two, like, doubles. So if I need something, I can go get it. I built that throughout the years. That's so funny. But I know what you mean. When you're kind of in the moment, it's almost like you're putting the brakes on when you need to cook. Yes. Yes. In my my dreams, I have a vision. You can't see it there. But in my vision, my future vision, I'm going to have someone who cleans after me. (laughs) Don't talk to me. Just clean. Okay? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Don't talk because that also kind of ruins the vibe. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, like it's just rude and possibly mean. But, you know, I I just really like to have someone help me. So I use my dishwasher a lot. Um, But, you know, I've had a person like that. And she's a friend, not like talking, but uh, she, she, it was wonderful to have someone clean and give you some ideas as things are progressing. So it's so much fun to cook with someone in the kitchen or like, you know, and have them help you with cleaning things in the background, putting things in the fridge and bringing them out. So in my ideal uh, life, I will have someone who's going to do all that for me. Yeah. I used to have a good friend who used to come and help me too. And I miss that. We, we stopped 
probably at the start of quarantine. And You're a neighbor, right? She, was she used to be my neighbor and she's just the best person. And she's, she loves to cook. She loves blogs and I'll have to have her on the show one day. She's so fun to talk to. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, what's a good kitchen tip, a secret tip? Uh, it is not clean as you go. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, I know it's so cliche. It's so like Ina Garten kind of answering the question, but like good ingredients really make a difference. Yeah. Good basic in- ingredients, good basic tools. A good set of knives is going to change your life. A good Amen. <laughs> is going to change your life. Um, or a good, I don't know, like a good salt, like a diamond kosher salt to me is just better than anything else. It it's, has the right salt. And I think now I told you more than one, but I think my secret to making good food uh, taste good is taste as you go. You build, you cook, like I can write recipes as much as I want. If you're not tasting it for your own palate, it's not going to work. So you take my recipe and adapt it for yourself based on your taste buds. So I think taste as you go would be another one. Yeah. Very, very true. Okay. And you know, five little things I love to share every week. What's your, what's one little thing from this week that made you happy? Um, so my husband's father, my father-in-law just passed away like last I'm Sorry. Week. So yeah, thank you. It was so, I, I've never been to a funeral of someone who was so close to me uh, other than my mom's. And that was in Turkey. This is here. Um, and it was very sad. I mean, it was so, I was so sad, but I think there was so much love there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, it was almost like a family reunion for them. And I've met some people that I hadn't met before. Um, even though it was sad, it was just, I felt so satisfied and complete and happy. And, you know, if I'm going to die one day, I want to die like that. So it has nothing to do with food, but I just felt very loved and um, content in a way. So that's mm. a good thing. I'm glad you felt that. That's so nice. Yeah. Well, on that wonderful note, bittersweet note, Ice, it was so good to have you. Thank you for spending time with me. Where can everyone find you? Um, foolproof Living Everywhere, foolproofliving.com, my site, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Pinterest, all Foolproof Living. Um, and I love talking to people. So if they have any questions, anything I can help with, just email me, uh, my name at foolproofliving.com. Perfect. Thank you, Ice. I will see you the next time we get on a call. Yes, you will. I am so glad you were able to join us on this episode of Kitchen Confidant. Thank you again to Icicle Sanford for sharing the flavors of Turkey with us and her journey in the food world with us. Ice is one of the hardest working people I know, and she puts so much love into each recipe she shares. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate it and share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy cooking.